Psalm 107 and verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I am overwhelmed with uh, awe and wonder and gratefulness to you for what you have done in and through the life and the people of Holland Chapel over the years. Father, there is so much that each one of us could say thank you for and we ought to keep saying thank you. And we ought to keep our list going. Father, as a guy that um, was given the gospel as a young boy, I'm so forever grateful to be here today serving you and trying to make you known, Jesus, in this place today along with this incredible church. Father, just kind of getting to come in and to really enjoy uh, the many blessings and the fruition of so many years of labor and service um, for your glory is just such a joy. And I say thank you, God. Thank you for so many. I, I do want to say thank you for Pastor Holland. God, you led him to preach the gospel, and for whatever reason, he came out here to an empty field over 70 years ago and preached the gospel. And God, I want to thank you for him not only preaching the gospel, but I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit convincing people of their need of Jesus by convicting them of their sin and making clear the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And through their responding to you and through Pastor Holland and so many others, so many pastors that followed and so many people that followed, that mission has never changed. And we've just continued to declare the wonderful, glorious message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for leaving an indelible mark upon our city one that we pray, pray will continue to happen for many years to come as long as you tarry. So right now, we just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 1 goes on, and it says, His faithful love endures Forever. If you've ever read much through the scriptures, in particular the Old Testament and the Psalms, this phrase kind of comes up again and again and again. And one place in particular where it got used um, just as um, a declaration of celebration and honor and glory to the name of Jesus uh, is in the Old Testament when God would do something great, they would just recognize that it was from Him and that His faithful love endures forever. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for the faithfulness of God because many times I have not been faithful. And yet he's remained faithful again and again and again. And we see his faithfulness today. Verse two, has the Lord redeemed you? I'm not asking this question. God is posing this question. Has the Lord redeemed you? 
there's a question mark there, and I know that you're thinking we're in church, and this is supposed to be one of those moments where we just sit silent and we listen. I think God is asking us today this question. I would love for you to answer. Has the Lord redeemed you? All right. You were waiting on that, right? You were waiting for permission to speak. He goes on to give you more permission to speak by declaring, then speak out. This is what God wants you and I who have experienced his faithfulness to do, to declare it to others. Then speak out. Would you, if you are so willing, turn to your neighbor. If you have been redeemed by the Lord and just simply, confidently, boldly, and humbly say to them, I have been redeemed by the Lord. Would you turn to a neighbor and tell them that right now? That's good. That's rich. Fun to hear you telling others that you've been redeemed by the Lord. It goes on to say, tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies. You and I, we share the same enemies. Our enemies are sin and Satan. They are out to destroy us. They're out to destroy our lives. They're out to destroy our health. They're out to destroy our our reputation. They're out to destroy our minds. They're out to destroy uh, our relationships, our marriages, our homes, our families. And that same enemy known as sin and Satan wants to destroy this church. But because of the faithfulness of God, he's redeemed us, he's protected us, and he has preserved us. Verse 3 goes on to say, For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Verse 4. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. Now, the psalmist is thinking back in the history of his people, and very much so a part of his thinking right now in this moment is back to the story that we just finished teaching through in the story of Exodus. And he's thinking about how they wandered around and how they were truly lost and they were homeless. And really, we only had a couple names in that story. We had Moses and Aaron, and then we had a couple million people that were faceless and nameless to us. But we just watched a video that put some names on those people that are lost and homeless. A couple of those names would have been Sam and Scott And oh, their story brings to life the redemption of Jesus. And oh, how I wish we would have had time to sit down with a video camera in front of every single one of you and you tell your story of redemption, your story of God's redeeming grace in your life. But here's what I pray. I pray that each of us who have experienced the redemption of Jesus would take the time to find somebody that needs to hear how God has redeemed us and share our story with him. Do you understand that's why we're here today? Because some people throughout the past in this place have been willing to get bold and share their story of redemption, one of amazing grace. This is who we were without Jesus, lost and homeless. Verse 5, hungry and thirsty, they they nearly died. Verse 6, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. Do you remember that moment in your life where there was no one else to turn to? There was nowhere else to go. 
you heard this glorious story of redemption and you reached out from the bottom and you said, Jesus, I need you. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Now, I don't think that we're doing any harm to Scripture here, and I'm very careful about this, but I don't think we'd be doing any harm to Scripture here in verse number 7 that for us, we could say, to a church where they could live, right? Aren't you thankful that God brought you here? No matter what season in your journey of faith that it's been, brought us to a place. Verse 7 goes on to say, excuse me, verse 8 goes on to say, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Verse 9, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Oh, we should praise him. We should praise him for the wonderful things that he has done. For the people, the history of our church here, of whom we stand upon their shoulders today. Both standing upon the foundation of Christ. But you understand that we, 70 years into this, we're standing on the, sh- on the shoulders of so many that have gone before us. Verse 10, some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Look down at verse 21. The verses go on to just talk about the dark place they were in without hope. But verse 21, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. Drop down now to verse 31. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. If you're catching that we're repeating the same thing over and over again, then you're catching on. It's almost as if God wants us to praise him for the wonderful things he has done. And he's worthy, isn't he? He's worthy. And what a joy to worship with you today. I think we did so much more than sing today. I think we worship today. And it's a beautiful thing when we come together and we praise the Lord for the wonderful things he has done for us. Now, the last verse in the psalm, verse 43. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. Take all of what? Well, for us, they take the whole 70 years they take the story of the Brush Arbor Revival, and they take the story of the people packed out in the house that had to sit on the porch. They take the whole story in, not just the story of a place, but the story of a people and people themselves, individuals like you and I that have experienced the redemption through Jesus Christ. And it says, those who are wise will take all this to heart. And I pray, church, that we, God's people, are taking to heart all that God has done in our hearts, in our lives, in the people around us. It was such an honor this morning to meet many of those that are here uh, from the Holland family today and to say hello to them. At the same time, I met people today that have uh, come to Holland Chapel for the very first time today. 
So whether you've got a legacy with a last name Holland or it's your first time being in this place, in this gathering today, may we who are wise take all this to heart and look at this last verse, last part of the verse. It's so beautiful. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. If you look at Holland Chapel, and all that has happened, and all that has gone on, and you pay attention, what you will see, what you will know, what you will be drawn to, what will compel you to peek in a little bit further and want to be a part is the faithfulness of the Lord. So we all have a story. Again, it's been a lot of fun to have gotten every one of you on video and say over the next couple of years, check all these videos out, right? But we all have a story my story looks different than yours. Um, you heard portions of the stories there on the video. But if we've received Christ, we have an incredible story of his faithfulness. And together, what happens with our story is that our story tells his story of his faithfulness. Our story, my story and your story and our story together tell the story of God's faithfulness. He has been faithful over and over and over and over and over again. And could we talk about the faithfulness of God's people in this church? Absolutely. But no one has been as faithful and as sure and as trustworthy and as steady and as there and as available and as powerful as our almighty God. And if any one of us have been able to be faithful in our following him, it's because of his faithfulness. And so our story tells his story, God's story of his faithfulness. And oh, this morning, if there's one thing we want you to see, it's the faithfulness of God. Our story is not one of buildings and events. Our story is one of people. People who were stuck in sin. People who were rescued. People who were redeemed. People who were forgiven people who experience the faithfulness of God. And if you've been redeemed and that's your story, just give me an uh-huh, an amen, a yep, that's me, a something. Come on. All right. Some of these people have gone on to be with the Lord. That's a really awesome thing to say, isn't it? What hope there is in knowing that those that have gone before us have a home in heaven with God forever because of this story of his faithfulness. Some of the people that we're speaking about over the last many years of our church, they've literally gone around the world sharing the glorious gospel of Jesus. And many of those people are here today, and it's a joy to celebrate with you today. Our story tells his story of his faithfulness. Wow, we want people who have not yet experienced, seen, heard, embraced, and placed their faith in the faithfulness of God to experience so they can have a story of redemption just like us. His faithfulness brought us to this place today. His faithfulness is what we all share in our story of redemption. And so we praise Jesus today and Jesus alone today for the many great things that he has done throughout our history. Uh, and during the... Um, uh, recordings uh, for those videos, I got to be in listening, 
And needless to say, because of time, we couldn't get you everything that they said during those times. And you, you saw people that were young and old. Some had been here a short time. Some had been here a really, really long time. Um, and, um, and, and it was just amazing to hear the stories that came out of their mouths that have happened in and through this church. And it just made me realize once again, fresh and new, that so many more things have happened than we even know about that bring glory to God. What a celebration it's going to be when we get to heaven one day and we hear about everything that God did in and through this church. So today, we celebrate Jesus. We lift Jesus up today. We worship Jesus today. We remember Jesus today. Jesus, as he was living his life perfectly, mind you, was getting ready to die. He didn't have cancer. Um, he didn't have emphysema. He didn't have heart disease. He, he, didn't, he didn't have any of the kind of health problems that cause us to die many times. Instead, he knew what his death was going to be. He knew that it was coming. And he knew he was going to die because of his perfection. He came here to die for you and I. And as he was getting ready to experience death, a cruel, cruel death on the cross, he decided to give his followers, his disciples, his believers an incredible gift in how to remember him and how to commune with him and to experience who he is. For those that have placed their faith in Christ and are following him, he offers them a way that we could remember his faithfulness and his death. In just a moment, God's people... That's us. By God's grace, through our faith in his faithfulness, expressed through Jesus, are going to remember him in communion.